Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine. We invite you to join us as we take a deeper look into the stories and ministries highlighted in Christian Living Magazine. Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight. I'm Sandy Jones, the host of this show and publisher of Christian Living Magazine, a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. This show has been made possible by a generous grant that we received so that we could come to you each week and take a deeper dive into the stories and ministries you'll find in the pages of Christian Living Magazine. This week is an extra special show. Our son Drew has been on the show a couple of times and he and his, as he and his family prepare to enter the mission field. And I've been asked a few times recently when he's coming back for an update. Well, today's the day, but it's not just Drew who's joining me today in studio. I've got the whole Brown family. Drew, Sonny, Gabby, and Josh, welcome. And thank you all for joining me today. Some of you have been more willing than others. So thank you. (laughs) How are y'all? Good. Thanks for having us. Good. Thank you. I'm fine. Thanks. Thank you for having us on your show. (laughs) Josh, you're such a card. So you all just got back from a major mission trip. Drew, what can you share with our listeners about this life-changing trip your family took over spring break? Uh, Well, I'll I'll try to keep it a little brief. We spent 25 hours traveling to Karachi, Pakistan, or Pakistan, if we're going to say it appropriately. Uh, And then because of some flight delays and whatnot, spent 31 hours coming back home from Karachi. So yeah, we went and spent some time in Southeast Asia and met some amazing people, got to do some work with some of the churches, introduced ourselves to the college students at the college we have over there. And uh, yeah, it was great. It was great. Yeah, I'm sure some of our listeners just were in a sharp, Deep, sharp breath. I know because I hear it all the time every time I tell someone of your family's calling. So from your perspective, Drew and Dad, what was Pakistan like? Uh, You know, you see pictures and it looks exactly like you would think based off of the pictures. Uh, Karachi is in the middle of a desert. It's a coastal town. It's a port town, but it's a desert town. And so very desert-esque. We spent a little bit of time in the Dominican Republic, so in some ways it was kind of looked a little bit like Santo Domingo, like a, I hesitate to say some of the poorer areas of Santo Domingo, but it, it was. It was just, it's a developing country, and it's a developing region that's a massive region, kind of like Treasure Valley. It's very spread out, but the people were very warm, very welcoming. The Christians were uh, very hospitable. Yeah, that's the right word. Okay. <laughs> Making sure we're saying the right thing. Still kind of sleep deprived. But it was it was great. But there was armed security everywhere. You had to go through metal detectors to get into McDonald's right in front of armed I mean, guards. I mean, it was they they know the reputation that the place has and they they're doing what they can to make sure that it's a, a safe and inviting place for people. That's good. That's good to, from your mom. That's good to know. <laughs> so Gabby, let's talk to you for a minute. So what grade are you in? You're an eighth grader? I knew that. Actually, folks, I did know that. But anyway, so, um, and we haven't had a lot of chance to talk since you guys got back because there's this little thing called jet lag and and track and field and all of this fun stuff. So what was Pakistan like for you? Well, um, it was really hot. It was like 100 degrees. It's like 70% humidity. Not as hot as the Dominican Republic was. Um, anyways, uh, the people were really nice and the food is pretty spicy. But I mean, besides that, it was pretty cool. That's cool. So what was the thing that you liked the most in Pakistan? Uh, probably the friends I made and how nice people are. It's really easy to make friends over there. That's cool. What was your biggest surprise? The gender differences that probably doesn't come as a surprise to you guys. But 
there it's really different. Say a girl fell down, okay? Here, everyone would rush over going, oh my gosh, are you okay, regardless of gender. There, if a girl fell down, only girls could help her up. A guy wouldn't do that. But same thing goes for a guy. If a guy fell down, a girl wouldn't dare go over and help him up. That's going to be difficult for you because you are truly a helper. You are the you are one who rushes in when somebody's hurt. So that's going to be that's going to be an adjustment for you. Yeah. So what was well? You guys got to do some really fun things. I some of it was was shared um, on social media. Some of it was pictures that your dad sent me. Some of it, Sunny sent me pictures of. Um, so what was the best thing? What was your favorite thing that you got to do? Um, it's probably riding a camel as on the beach. It it's a lot bumpier than it sounds. <laughs> That was cool. I, when I got that picture, because your dad sent me that picture, I was like, what? <laughs> How cool. So I have to ask, because this is a question I get asked a lot when I talk to people about your family's mission. Did you feel safe there? Oh, yeah. Like my dad said, there's a lot of like metal detectors again to major buildings, like the malls and like McDonald's and like bigger like global corporations like Dunkin' Donuts and that kind of stuff. And then sometimes if it's bigger, they'll have like guards there checking like the bags they're carrying. And there's also an armed guard there, usually with like an AK-47 ready to go, just in case. Security's a big thing. Yeah. So are, are you looking forward to going back? Yeah. See, Grandma didn't get to coach that answer. She's being honest here. Josh, it's your turn. Let's, let's ask you some of the same questions. So what grade are you in? I'm in sixth grade. What was Pakistan like for you? Very interesting. How uh, so? Uh, it was fun, but it was... It was too hot for my body to handle on the last day because I think that's the hottest day it was there. And uh, you actually got sick. Yeah, I got sick. Yep. And on top of the heat, we were in a van on a bumpy road. Oh, so- and car sick. You, yeah. What was the <laughs> thing you liked the most of Pakistan? Uh, probably the people. The people. What was your biggest surprise? Because um, you guys have been talking about this for a long time, so you had some preconceived ideas. So, what was your biggest surprise? Um, it was, it was like how different, like, because I thought like, because it's mainly a Muslim culture, uh, like there wouldn't be like as many girls like roaming around town and as many stuff, like as many motorcycles and everything. But then there were like a whole bunch of girls and I didn't think they'd have tattoos, but I, but we saw some tattoos. Dad had like his head tattoos out that that was fine. That's cool. Yeah, I actually even had, uh, just to fill in with Josh, because some people who don't know me, I have a a tattoo of the Jerusalem cross on my forearm. And that was out the entire time. I I got more people turning heads to look at the weird sandals that I wear rather than looking (laughs) at the tattoo. I mean, it didn't didn't seem to bother anybody at all. Uh, Sunny, what do you call those sandals? I call them his Jesus chunklas. Yeah. (laughs) So, Josh, you guys got to do some really fun stuff. What was your favorite thing that you got to do? Uh, I rode a camel. I rode a horse. Um, I went to this really big mall. It was three stories high. And did you feel safe while you were there? Uh, I felt pretty safe. You felt pretty safe. That's good. That's very reassuring to your grandmother. And are you looking forward to going back? Yeah. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Sunny, you've been sitting there pretty quiet. So what was your overall impression of Pakistan? Again, we've talked about this for a long time as a family. And we've had, all of us have had some preconceived ideas. So what was your perception? So to me, 
the best way I can describe it is like New York meets India. Um, it's very lively and um, like Josh said, um, there were more women even just by themselves walking around uh, than I expected to see. Um, I really thought it was going to be a lot of uh, females being escorted by males, but it's a very metropolitan city and um, there's more independence than you would think on certain uh, aspects of living when it comes to uh, males and females. There's still a very, you know, big difference from our culture. Um, very modest dress, males and females. Um, but uh, I think the most shocking thing is uh, women uh, that rode on motorcycles, uh, sad sat on them, uh, what is it called? Side saddle? Side saddle. Wow. I was like, whoa. That was a guess on my part, folks. How do you balance yourselves? Because I've been on my dad's motorcycle and it's like, you know, just flow along with me. Don't be jerking around. So, um, yeah, that was a shock um, that you could balance that way and everybody was okay to travel that way. So it was a lot of motorcycles. The traffic was crazy. But the people were truly just very uh, hospitable and and polite and welcoming and you get a lot of smiles. So while interacting with people, it was very friendly interactions. And when they found out we were from America, they'd get excited and say, oh, I love America. So yeah, it was just really great. I just was hoping that Everyone's tensions would uh, be eased on this trip. I knew it was going to be different, but just the fact that it's different, but in an interesting kind of way and not a scary way and not a, oh no, I'm being deprived of all these things way. They had full-on supermarkets, a bunch of shopping places. I think the most uh, hesitation I have is with driving myself. Yeah. It's just... It's, the it's videos you guys sent. It's I was a like, lot. I'm never that driving traffic there. is no joke. So I think that's probably going to be um, the most uh, challenging part to try and adjust to. So Sunny, one of the questions that I get repeatedly, which I ask myself, so we're just going to, you know, it's the elephant in the room. We're going to talk about it. So one of the questions I get asked the most, got it this morning actually, is are you and Gabby going to have to have head head coverings, shawls and... and Actually, the only time I uh, practiced the head covering was during prayer time. And it's literally out of the Bible. You can go and find it. Um, and it's during prayer time and it's part of you know, old biblical tradition to cover your head while you're praying. And honestly, these women have gorgeous hair and um, most of them aren't covering it up. Um, and these are mainly the Christian women, which was the women we uh, kind of uh, spend time with the most. Um, Muslim women are different. So most of them do uh, cover up uh, their hair, but sometimes not all of it. Sometimes you can see maybe three or four inches of head, like at the mall walking around, you can see the hair color and things you're, like that. You're motioning right at the top of the forehead. So yeah. just so our listeners can, can visualize so, that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. Um, and if you go into the stores, that was kind of interesting. A lot of modest uh, dresses. I'm so sorry. I forget what it's 
it's called, but it's kind of like a, a long nightgown type of top with loose, like... Uh, the tunic? Yeah, like a tunic and then uh, loose-fitting, like, genie pants, which are super comfortable. And I'm excited for that part. Um, And (laughs) the fabric is very lightweight. So I believe most of it is just for comfort, modesty, obviously, but comfort and easy movability. In that heat, yeah. So, Sunny, tell our listeners, if you would, please, because you guys are moving there. That's I think we've kind of neglected that part as we've set this all up. So... But you're moving there in the mission field. So what are you specifically going to be doing once you get there? Right. We are. Uh, we decided, Drew and I, to be career missionaries. So it's indefinite until God says, um, well, maybe we'll move around other regions of the world. But we're super excited for this life and career transition. Um, I will be helping out with uh, children's ministry to develop curriculum because of the Urdu language, it's hard to get a lot of text um, information in Urdu and they haven't found adequate children's um, curriculum. So we'll be working on uh, creating, modifying, figuring out uh, a standard curriculum for children's ministry. I will be helping out in women's ministry. Um, one of the churches we visited, uh, when people came up to us asking for prayer, I was blessed enough to be able to lay hands on uh, a few pregnant women's bellies, which is culturally appropriate from woman to woman. And they might not have had that experience if I wasn't there because um, there are a lot of um, men leaders. But uh, at the school where Drew's been teaching, there are a lot of upcoming women um, leaders getting ready to take place in, uh, and lead their spot in ministry. So that's super exciting. Um, so women's ministry, children's ministry. Um, I even was um, asked to speak uh, at the youth uh, um, class that Sunday. So it's there's lots of stuff to do. You're um, not going to be bored. Right. You will not Whatever, be laying on the couch right. eating bonbons. <laughs> Whatever that looks like, I'm excited and ready and willing to step in and help. I love it. I, one of the things, you know, and, and it, it tends to run in our family. Here I am, Lord, use me. And, you know, it comes from the heart. And we just plunge in and go, even if it means going to Pakistan. So, Drew, let's let's talk a little bit about what you're going to be doing over there. Because yeah. you say mission field and most of us have a preconceived idea about what the mission field looks like. So yours is a little bit untraditional. And as Sunny has already kind of implied, you're already, although you're here in the States still, you're already working over there. So tell us a little bit about what that looks like and what you're going to be doing over there. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, I didn't preface this with everything that we're doing is requested of us by the people there. So part of Church of God's thing, and one of the reasons that we're with Church of God and really like being with Church of God in this, is the whole philosophy of Church of God missions is coming alongside the local church globally. We we walk alongside them. Our goal is to work ourselves out of a job in ministry and to make it to where uh, the people living there on the ground, the people who are there, it's their, it's their home country, are doing every step of it. And so it's a lot of training a lot of getting things set up in a way that that it works within their culture. Because when when we see things that are working somewhere, the the natural human tendency is just to take that exact thing and try to apply it where we're at. Yeah. And that doesn't work. Nope. Because culture is different, language is different, people are different. 
And so what I personally am working on over there is as teaching at the college, we have the George Theological College or the George Theological Seminary, uh, which is part of our main, main branch church over there. Uh, but I'll be starting a spiritual warfare and demonology class for the MDiv students. And we're going to be starting a, uh, a missions class for the first to third year students. And we, we finished a little bit ago the counseling course. So pastoral counseling, which has been getting a lot of really, really good feedback. We heard a lot from all of the students when we were over there about how big of an impact that had made inside of the churches throughout the entire country. So we'll be based in Karachi, Pakistan. Uh, currently, I've been teaching through online, you know, through Zoom. Through Zoom, and, and yeah. He's just making it happen. That's what we have to do. And uh, but, but Church of God, we, we have the Philadelphia Pentecostal Church of Pakistan throughout the entirety of the country. And so we're giving some of these trainings to some of these pastors, and we're hearing drastic changes inside of these churches because they've never had any real counseling training because— yep. With this type of a society being a, an Islamic society, it's honor-driven, and the flip side of the honor coin is shame. And so if you need that help, it's almost seen as a shameful thing. And so they don't have the right conversations. They haven't learned how to phrase the questions to where it's not shameful. And so we spent an entire semester working with pastors. How do we ask these questions? How do we move this deeper? How do we get to the what the core problem is rather than just these surface level issues that when you just scratch at the surface, you're never going to impact what's actual the actual problem is. And hearing all of these stories from the pastors on the ground about how everything is is already changing. And it's only been, you know, about a semester and things have really really changed. So lots of lots of good stuff that we'll be doing there. But we'll start schools, we'll be teaching at the college. And uh, we have a radio broadcast ministry, so it'll be a lot of online social media type things, but we're recording radio programs and putting those out throughout the, the Urdu language and getting those out. In fact, the first one launches here on Easter Sunday. That's awesome. That is, that is Talk about um, sharing God's word throughout the whole world. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. Josh intimated that it's primarily a Muslim country. Mm -hmm. So what... How many Christians? How, what what is the percentage of Christians in Pakistan? So Pakistan is two hundred and twenty million people. Karachi is twenty three million people. Uh, the Christian population is about two and a half percent nationwide. Wow, that's amazing! And it's so funny to me when when I look at the Church of God numbers because there's actually more Church of God movements, churches, <laughs> yeah. Um, internationally than there are in the United States and Canada. And I about fell over earlier when you told me how many Church of God churches are there in Pakistan? It's over 160. Um, I think we, we're, we're in the middle of planting like the 166th church, roughly. About 120, 130 some odd pastors with over 77,000 participant believers nationwide. It's, it's amazing. So your regional director, Don Armstrong, um, was sending me pictures um, while you, because your first day, full day there was Sunday, mm -hmm. and you preached three different church services, and he was sending me pictures, and I was shocked because two of those church services looked to me to be little tiny cinder block rooms yep. with dirt or concrete floors, and every there were, Don said in one of them there were nine chairs. Everybody else sat shoulder to shoulder, knee to knee on the floor. On the floor, and then they had a, uh, the door was open, and there were people out in the alleyway that came up to the church door. And one of the things that Don said to me was, 
I said, is, is this because Drew is pre- preaching or is this what it is every Sunday? And he goes, no, this is what it is every Sunday. Folks, we, we, don't, we are hard pressed to make it to sit on our padded pews. And these people are coming in 100 degree heat to sit in a cinder block building to hear the gospel. I, I'm not gonna lie. That the, the reality of that hit is we got back into church this Sunday here back home going, wow, you know, I, it was a shock to be there, but then coming back, it's, it's that shock hits again. So you've been, we're, we're running close on time. I got a couple of things that I wanna ask. So how close were your expectations? In some ways, pretty it was pretty close. In other ways, it was way off. I thought the food was going to be spicier, <laughs> but uh, the food the food was really good. The people were incredibly nice. When we hear things on the news and you talk to people, I mean, I got straight out hate mail from people when we announced that, that this is where we were going because of being a father and taking I did, our kids. I never got any, by the way. Oh, that's good. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, that's a lie. Okay, yeah, we got, I got straight up hate mail, and uh, honestly. The situation on the ground, drastically different than anything we hear about. It was, we never felt unsafe. We never felt unwelcomed. Like It it was beautiful people in a beautiful area who were actually excited that we were there to help people. To help them. I love that. So just quickly, last question for both of you. Um, You're both foodies. Drew kind of said food wasn't as spicy as you thought. Well, I want to hear from both of you. What was the best new food you tried while you were there? Well, there were a lot of different like beefs and they were cooked differently. But I did uh, try, um, I don't know, it's kind of like a ceviche style, but not fish, but with meat in like the seasoned salsa type deal. It ended up being goat's brain and I think some, yep. it might've been goat heart, like all minced together. It was, it like was pretty tasty. Yeah. Oh my god! I didn't know what it was until afterwards and I'm glad because I, I get scared before. So it yeah. was good. I'd eat it again. Let's just say when grandma comes, I might be asking a lot of what is <laughs> no, this? No, you're I'm better off not asking. <laughs> better off not asking. So, so Drew, what was your favorite? Uh, the naan. Okay, so what I- What is naan? Bread. Okay. It literally just means bread. It's it's a flatbread. But like all of the breads were, especially the flatbreads, absolutely amazing. Uh, the street vendor chai. So chai is the main drink of choice over there. It's a milky, creamy um, tea and sweet tea, and it's it was amazing. The street chai. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited for the street chai. I can get used to that. So if if our listeners would like more information on you and your family's journey. And how they might help, where would they go? Yeah, they can go directly to our website. It's C-H-O-G Global. So it's chogglobal.org slash team slash D-S Brown, as in Drew and Sonny Brown. So it's C-H-O-G-G-L-O-B-A-L dot org forward slash team forward slash D as in Drew, S as in Sonny, Brown as the color. So thank you, guys. We're out of time. One note. Real quick, um, although this is a Church of God organized mission, you and Sonny and your family actually attend Cornerstone Worship Center in Nampa, Idaho. If anybody would like to just drop in and visit that church and ask you some questions, you are always open to that. I know you are. Folks, we want to invite you to join us next weekend at the Boise Harvest Festival, April 23rd and 24th. Doors open at 4.30. Great glory and 
the worship bands take stand at 6 p.m. We hope to see you there. This brings our time to an end for this week. We invite you back next week when we have an extra special guest in store for you, someone who will encourage you with hope and inspiration. Until next time, God bless. This has been Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine, where it's our desire to deliver faith, hope, encouragement, and perhaps a new perspective about God's love to our listeners and readers as we showcase the hands and feet of Christ at work in our community and beyond. For more information on today's program, the magazine itself, or to subscribe, go to www.christianlivingmag.com or search Christian Living Magazine on Facebook for an uplifting start to each day. Christian Living Magazine is free to pick up in over 600 locations throughout the Treasure and Magic Valleys and in Central Idaho through McCall. Our mailing address is Christian Living Magazine, P.O. Box 867, Meridian, Idaho, 83680. Or you can email us at christianlivingmag at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week. 